Hello and welcome to the Trucking Driver Podcast. I'm Doogie Rankin, I'm at Fagan and Wally in Burnley today and I'm joined by Dan Wood, who's Operation Strategy Director, Gareth Jones, Training Manager and Dean Moss, who is the first graduate of the Future Bound Driver Training Scheme, which will take you from your car licence through to your HGV. Hello guys, how are we doing? So, in the next issue of the magazine, we have got a feature uh, which is based around this scheme and also one of the vehicles that you got in for it as well. I mean, Dan, if you want to start off and tell us tell us a bit about the scheme, because we know that there's a driver shortage ongoing and there, there's various initiatives um, which companies are starting to bring in, uh, yours included, uh, to try and get drivers uh, sort of growing your own as opposed to, you know, just simply trying to recruit ones that have already got the license. Yeah, we've got the idea about 18 months ago, uh, something like that originally, for a way of trying to attract new blood into the industry. We, got, we came up with this idea of, well, it was stemmed really from drive, we felt driver apprenticeships that were offered out there weren't really fit for purpose. And so we thought we've got such a, a skilled in house training team, uh, which are RTITB accredited, and we're JAP registered as well for carrying out all our own CPC courses and whatnot. So. Uh, why not do something ourselves? So we spent quite a bit of time researching the best sort of uh, equipment which we'd need for going forward and how we're going to do the course and then spent uh, quite a bit of time in putting all the course together and we launched it probably about 12 months ago, Gareth, would you say? Yeah, it was June. Yeah, mm-hmm. June last year. So uh, we also had to wait for the vehicles to come and uh, the vehicles were very important as a starting point because obviously with the the explosion of home deliveries and such, the van drivers, there's, there's a lot of van drivers out there and that was a, a market we wanted to tap into. Um, so rather than trying to base the vehicle on like a transit tab uh, setup really, we, we wanted more of a Ford control vehicle, so we wanted a mini truck and our Suzu fit the bill. Yeah, they're, they're really smart there, aren't yeah. they? It's, bit, it's an Isuzu, what did you call it, a grafter? I think it's an Isuzu grafter, grafter yeah. is the... Uh, is the Great model. Mm, yeah, because uh, they start at three, and a, this is a three and a half ton. Three and a half ton is this one, yeah. Um, and it obviously had to be three and a half ton, so, you know, somebody on the car license could drive it. So we got the spec and literally stripped it down as much as we possibly could, uh, following this concept of we wanted a mini truck, so it had to also be capable of, of carrying something. Um, so once we'd spec the curtain side of the body, uh, we wanted a tail lift. Uh, so it's this, this all idea then, and of this miniature vehicle so driver could learn how to open shut curtains, ratchet strap, tail lift use, pump truck use, and we can just we can get a ton payload on it as well. So it is a useful kit for our pallet network deliveries. So so they get the idea of driving a miniature truck rather than a van. It's a fair point, I think, because when I first passed my test, that was one of the things that started to confuse me. When I got into the real world, there was how do I use a tail lift? You know, what, what's the lead? you need a wander lead for things sometimes and yeah, opening and shutting different kinds of curtains. I was completely stuck with stuff like that, even though I knew how to move the vehicle about. Yeah, then, so. yeah, all really important to us that. Um, and trying to give them that insight as well as they're coming into what it means to be a driver. Um, and you're not just a van driver and you're not just driving, it's everything else that the job entails. So this was a real great introduction for that. And then we built the uh, destruction training programme uh, behind that. Dean, so you were the first to come in uh, on this scheme, what, what, what were you doing beforehand? Were you like driving vans previous to this? Are you in the warehouse? Or? No, uh, the only thing I did was a couple of deliveries as and when, but I've always done warehousing, uh, but worked closely with HGV driving, so it's always been close to me. 
that, but I've never uh, had no experience when I came in at all. So you start, you start off. How did you go in it? Did you apply for it? Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd heard about it, and uh, but previously I'd been maybe done and wanted to get into HDB driving myself. Couldn't really find a way in uh, financially and other reasons and stuff like that. So this was just a, just a golden. Mm. You know I mean? But it's one of the most common stumbling blocks. Is people who are interested and want to do it. It's the sheer cost of what's involved. You know, it's gone up all the time. It's about yeah. five grand now potentially. Yeah, yeah. And we lost the stand. That's part of the training. Just as commitment back, we just asked for two years. Um, but obviously, once you're in a thing, well, nobody leaves. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's no. We, we're just trying to. You know, if, if we can get the right people in the right mentality, if people work how we want them to work, then it should be, you know, a match made in heaven, really. It's um, how we hopefully see it and how Dean sees it. So, uh, yeah, all, all's good then. What, what did you start off uh, doing then? Did you just go, did you go in one of these ICs to, to begin with? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. How, do you, how do you find the how do you find the drive? Because they're quite neat little things. I mean, it's a fantastic looking. I can put a transit van or something. This is it. Really does look like a miniature lorry. Are, are they manuals or automatic? Yeah, they are um, manuals. Yeah. Um, was that a yeah. six speed sort of thing? It is. Yeah, the gearbox is not the easiest, but <laughs> I found it when I <laughs> took it out. But uh, it, it teaches you how to drive. Yeah, most definitely. So. Now, how long were you in that for um, before you went on and did you, did you start how long were you doing that before you can move on and start doing like class 2 training like your C rigid I guess it was just a case of finding a test really mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so it was a case of picking up your experience um, and then as soon as the test comes available I was straight in class 2 I wasn't in it long at all so yeah, I got, just shot 12 weeks yeah. right, mm-hmm. like I wasn't in it long at all yeah. we always had that sort of pitch in his head mm-hmm. really where Matt gets about 3 months just to get that feel. Mm-hmm. And Gareth will fill you in a bit more on what the course entails, but um, we always had that to a pitch really to, to get it'd be enough time as well to where Dean actually likes it and this is something he wants to do as mm-hmm. well. So, mm-hmm. so I did tell you, you got on all right with it. What were you doing? You kind of out and about doing sort of pallet deliveries and things like yeah. that, you know? Yeah, the thing, the thing is, obviously, for me, there's always let's get out on that road, so that gives you that straight away. You don't need to pass a test for that. So, that was that was great straight away. So, yeah, straight on pallet deliveries. Uh, the pallet force were relatively local, but it was still out on the road. You're deciding how you get there, planning your route, so all, all, all that come into it, yeah? You weren't getting all the, you're getting all the, a lot of the jobs on it that wouldn't be able to fit in anywhere else, like the ones up like farm roads in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I'm not too sure how we'll plan it, but, but <laughs> some of them was, yeah, some of them was. They're not one day, some days you, you'd go into uh, a big open space for the delivery, so I suppose it just depends on what the what the actual class two lorries were doing at the time, but yeah, generally that speaking, yeah, you get a lot of farms and yeah. yeah. I mean, they weren't purchased for to make money, mm. but they, they are a very useful tool here. Mm. So and it's part of the train. So you know that some in Dean's position there, might do, I don't know, eight to ten deliveries a day, and they'll just come at probably one pallet, single pallets on there, two pallets out and back, out and back, and a real good good feel for you know what what it means to actually like Dean says, find your way around and get into the rugby points. Yeah, because I guess as well, on the other side of it, you could get people who are like, oh, I don't really like this, you know, I don't like being out in the road, you know, people like, you know, yeah, cutting it, me up all day and <laughs> treating me bad. That's, it, and that's why we have that introduction new period, really, and mm. um, it's not just the case that you're in for the, the license straight away, they, they've got to understand what it means as well. And uh, we've had, we had a phenomenal response to the, well, continued phenomenal response, really, for, for the programme, and I think only thing solved in this back, really, the training time I'd suggest and the availability of those vehicles and tests so 
Um, and we're, we're not overdoing it either. You know, everything's um, everything's managed correctly, and we're not trying to throw too many too many bodies in at once. So we can get you know the trainees the attention that's needed. So in terms of the response from it, is that like internal candidates up and we have had some external as well, and external as well. Yeah, but most are external, and then we have we, we have like open days as such. Yeah, to women. So yeah, so, yeah. yeah. We, we, there's the massive response to it. Um, <coughs> obviously, we, we we have a open day where we invite people either a morning or an afternoon slot to try and get a time that suits everybody, and then we'll tell them a bit about the scheme, <coughs> what it entails, what it entails to be a, a lorry driver, because a lot of people really don't. You know, know the full picture. Um, we'll take them up to the yard and take them, a, you know, walk around, show them what stages they're going to go through from the the office of the little Izuzu up to the class two to the class one and where they want to be. But like I say, we have had quite a lot of internal applicants as well. Today, we've just got a new future bound lads starting. He's from our warehouse over at Blackburn. But the good thing about it is you can you can teach the person the job before they get the license. So instead of like you said before, instead of coming in with your license and then having to worry about how do you use the tail lift, how do we make this delivery, except and you're thinking about how do I drive this big vehicle mm. and how do I do all these other things. Well they've they've got that then. Right. And it's yeah and it's all mm. concentration then on on the driving the vehicle. Gary, as training manager, um, do you what's what are you involved with? Is that, is that like um, to do with all like CPC as well as this sort of side yeah, of things? Well like we do, yeah. You out in the cab with people as well doing yeah. practical stuff. Yeah, we'll do. We'll obviously do anything from an assessment <laughs> through to their induction, then the driver catch ups. We'll go out and do some catch ups. You know, after two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, just to make sure they're getting on all right on the new starters. We'll do the CPCs. Any other training the requirements that they might have, you know, if someone's struggling a bit with their hours or things like that, we'll, we'll do things like that. And obviously also the warehouse training side of things as well. Now they get forklift training in my yeah, PVTs, VNAs, things like that. So Dean, once you'd been through, you got you got through your class two, okay, when was that? In September. Last year. Yeah. You might, I tell you, was still a bit of a waiting time for tests at that point? Yeah, that one, was quite difficult. To, yeah, we have to be literally looking every single morning trying to find a test to book. And so, in terms with the driver training for that, was that all done in house? And you're out in like one of your own lor- lorries doing yeah. that. Uh, yeah, we have a training, a dedicated training region, and the full uh, training arctic as well, dedicated to the to the um, to the training part. The handy thing is on the with the future bound vehicle, we, we get the candidate back to DSA style, you know, standard of driving in that. So all the time can then be dedicated to teaching them to drive that size of vehicle as well. Prior to them going out, obviously, and starting the pallet force deliveries. That was when you asked about driving it. That was the big challenge mm. that, that was. But once you've done that and you've got back into it, mm. you're ready for your test. How you get is the general idea to get people right the way through to the yeah, attention yeah, that yeah, as well. Uh, yeah, ideally, yeah. I mean, not everybody wants to do it. You know, we've got class, we've got we've put a lot of class two drives up to class one, mm. um, but not everybody wants to do it. You know, some people want to stop at that mm. minute, but I suppose earning potential and if you if you're going to go through to mess with all the whole hog, um, so yeah, the, the idea is to to get through to class one really, most definitely. Have you been out in them since then? And that's so out. 
How's how's that been going out in the sort of the Arctic? Have you been like doing nights out, or has it been kind of like trunking? Yeah, been doing, bit of been, doing, been doing the odd nights mm. out, bit of distance, and uh, obviously from what I was used to on class two, because again, because it was pilot force, that was local, relatively local, and uh, so yeah, I've been enjoying the distance, been loving it because it's what it is what I wanted to do straight away. Um, mm. But obviously, I knew all this was be a learning curve, and it was what I needed to do to get there. Uh, but now, yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm loving it, absolutely loving it. Where is it? You've been, you've been going like down, you've been going away down south or up to Scotland? And then Usually down south, I haven't managed, managed to go north really yet. Yeah. There for special occasions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think everybody likes Scotland. Yeah, yeah, well, totally, totally different to there. Yeah, yeah, well, the thing is, for where you guys are, you're just along the 65, then where do you pick up the M6 at Preston and go? You've cleared all the traffic in England there, yeah. and it's quiet all the way up to Scotland then, so you've got all the good. The, the good roads there like the, the top part of the M6 and the M74 is the best bit of motorway in the UK that I think so uh, that, that, that's a uh, that's definitely an attractive thing I think to, for a lot of people to get out and get you know get a bit further further away than where yeah. you would be would be sort of normally there's a bit a, a big kind of attraction to that and it, but I think it kind of gets it's something that you once you, you get that into you it gets in your blood you don't you never really give it up I don't think I don't think it's something that you always kind of want to you always kind of want to do but and to, so you're the very first you're the first guy to go through that from like start to start to finish was there sort of like practical elements to that as well did you have to be signed off on like demonstrating things with ratchet straps and yeah load stuff <laughs> well obviously there's the there's, there's the legality side of things mm. he has to do his theories hazard perception and then your cpc element uh, the mod 4 and then obviously the practical test itself reversing an on-road drive uh, but over the 12 week period we, we spend a little bit of time on each section that he's going to have to do and we will obviously test him and sign him off on that as we go you know make sure he knows what strap to use not just how to use the strap what strap mm-hmm. he needs to use um, and it, for the first probably two to three weeks you are probably 50-50 classroom and practical based and then it moves on to being more on the practical side of things until he's ready. I think was it about week three? You went yeah. out week three to four, mm-hmm. and that's when he started going out doing the liver on his own things like that. No, that's um, no, it's definitely a good idea. So much transport for so long has just been based around winging it. You know, it's just like just see if you can see if you can manage to get by and work out for yourself. And it does, you know. Then you do get issues where you know people don't know how to use ratchet straps, they don't know how to use internal straps, so this. You know, that's usually the thing that comes up, I think, when something, an incident happens or that, as I didn't know. Yeah, I think that's it's ignored. I think a lot of people who go immediately for their HGV tests have never shown anything like that. And we've no. had drivers come to us and, mm-hmm. you know, short switching the engine on. They, they, they haven't got much of an idea what, what else the job entails. And, and, you know, I always maintain the transport industry is one of the most heavily regulated industries out there. Um, and there's no way you can just put the days of a driver turning up and you just give him keys and see off you go mate mm-hmm. long gone um, so you know we've all safety systems mm-hmm. we have to adhere to and, and procedures and policies and you know that's on top of everything that, that gives us the legal side of things you know load security um, water, daily water and checks mm-hmm. there's so much we have to we have to get in there you know you almost need a, you know, a law degree these days to, to make sure you keep on that side of the law we've, 
we've tackled, tackled laws and working time directive laws and then we've all had to go through as well so yeah it, it, it's super it's super complicated some of that stuff when you start to get right into the, right into the depths of it and all that you, you notice it when you start tramping and then you're starting to get yourself involved with three week periods and I've mm-hmm. to go and work out what you've done and where and then you can start to Absolutely. really find out if you can get um, tripped up on it uh, in terms of vehicles and things, obviously you've got a lot of ISUs out there. What, what's, what's your kind of fleet made up of? Have you got well, seven and a half and 18s and 26s? Yeah, we've, we've pulled away from seven and a half tons. We have only one left on fleet, primarily because generally more, you, you know, the, the grandfather routes almost have gone. Generally, you're class two for seven and a half tons now, and payload's just not worth it. So uh, the staple after the, the three and a half ton meal is a 12 ton DAF LF. Uh, about five to six of them, uh, and then we'll take team ton forty-two scanners. Uh, although with four DFLFs coming within the next few months, and then uh, the articulate fleet primarily scanning our four fifty forty-four tons six B twos, which make up about we're about one hundred forty out of one hundred seventy fleet uh, articulate units. What have you been driving? So has it been the scanners you've been driving so far? No, um, as soon as I passed, I was in a 12 ton DAF. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously now I'm in a scanner, yeah. Mm-hmm. How are you getting on with that? You like it? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, that's one of the things that's an attraction to get into the big trucks and Arctics as well. So you get the big vehicle with all the toys and the comfort and everything, and that. And it makes a difference when you're sitting higher up off the road and everything. Yeah, it does. Like, it, it's, uh, yeah. And I've you've got the fridge there and everything. <laughs> I did end up having a couple of days in, and it helped me during my training from a class one. Mm-hmm. Um, just ended up doing a couple of days here and there in one of the 18 ton scanners so that, that did help like so being higher up off the road helped me when I went into my class 1 training as well yeah I suppose there's an aspect as well with the trucks because they're that complicated now that you need to know a certain amount of things about how to use the cruise control and the engine brake and, and stuff like that in the trucks because I know you see I do see it there's a lot of people that don't use those things like at all they don't get the best out of the vehicle and they can't be getting like the best sort of fuel economy out of it. And truck manufacturers have spent billions in trying to make trucks better and more efficient. If you want, no, I don't like to use any of that. And uh, if you do use it properly, you can get a hell of a lot of a better result out of the vehicle. And it's also, I think, more enjoyable to drive as well. Yeah, we've been focused on that. I mean, even the driver we might move from an R-series scanner up to the next generation, mm-hmm. or go through an induction on that vehicle um, to, to show them around. Because, you know, like, again, we say the days of just giving somebody a keys and say off you go are gone um, and the only way you're going to get the benefit of that technology is to be able to to show people um, the best way of using that and then show you can get the best efficiency out of it most definitely so with the future bound program you've got how many people have you got on it at the moment have you got more people coming in uh, currently we've got two they both the vehicles are manned as they say at the minute as of from today. They're both out in the, the Isuzu's starting yeah. Well, what the, the first lad, he's just, he's his first day today, so he's like, he's inducted into the driving side of the company, really. Um, and then he'll spend the rest of this week be in between the, being out on the road and in the classroom, doing some theory. And then obviously they'll be more introduced to the on-the-job side of things as the next few weeks progress. And the other lad is just in the middle of his class two training. So you tend to bring them through like a couple at a time. Yeah. Like that, kind of, yeah. So you can focus on people. Yeah, like, so you don't want to do too yeah, many. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we keep make sure they get the, the full mm-hmm. attention really rather than trying to pile on too many at once. Um, you 
you just end up where you only spend a couple hours a day with somebody when it, that, you know it needs to be full day, full attention given from the chairman, team man, and the candidate. Yeah, because I mean, it is, I mean, most there is a bit of a shortage of drivers out there, you know. It's, it's, and it has become increasingly important for companies to be able to kind of grow their own and also retain people as well. You know, yeah, you don't want, yeah. you don't want people to just immediately be like, right, I'm out of here. You know, it's yeah, retention is important to recruitment these days, if not more so. Um, and I think that is one thing we are very good at. Um, but you know, there's so many different factors behind that. You know? Probably better speaking to drivers than that, but from our point of view, you know, we, yeah. we think we pay a good wage, you mm -hmm. know, for the best trucks, the uh, best facilities, mm -hmm. you know, that the workload's fair um, and what we expect. So, you know, and the training as well, given, you know, if you, if I think if you're a fair and the driver and you've got it on the CV, then you, you'll be able to get a job anywhere, pretty mm -hmm. much, without being arrogant about that. But I think that the, what we put into it, the training wise and the commitment towards that, I think it, it's reflected in that. We've, we've, majority of the driving team are very long serving um, and we found as well recently more so as drivers leave if they've spent any bit of time here then quite often they wanted to come back pretty quickly Your plans for sort of 2022 and things going forward and all that how are you getting on with vehicles um, and like procurement for them because the lead times on them are just crazy at yeah, the moment they are, yeah they're um, yeah, it's a big problem. I mean, obviously, you know, we're course scan your user, but uh, we've actually, um, there's some of the new uh, DAF XFs come in, which were offered to us and we had to take them because they were available and they feel that they're delaying supply from Scania. And we've, uh, we've only just recently been told now that we can open the order book for 2023 for Scania. So it's a long time to be thinking ahead because um, we try and maintain the, the fleet replacement policy we have. Um, with like two to three new vehicles every month you know, as we cycle the vehicles down but yeah but it's not just vehicles it's everything it's trailers it's tyres it's telematics equipment it's cameras but the whole package you know, everything yeah. is delayed yeah. Yeah, everyone's miles miles away down the line there you know it's uh, that, that's the thing it's, it's, uh, it's almost more difficult than there's, I've spoken to people that they could take on more work and more contracts but they literally don't can't get the trucks to, to go and yeah. do it and accommodate it to, and to move on and, yeah bumps on seats as well you know and so you can have mm. all the trucks in the world you, you still need people to drive them you know and pilots so we don't use any agencies at all um, so everything is in, in house as such we've obviously got some um, subcontractors who, who work alongside us but if if a driver's off then that vehicle is stuck which might be a detriment to us work-wise but um, we found it's the best way because of you know the, mm. to just come into Fagan Wall it mm. might be a one to two day driving you know induction mm. into our procedures anyway which you just can't mm. an agency driver so. well it can be a, that can be a potential a really attractive thing to a lot of drivers to know that somebody's not out in the truck if they're a guy that's on it all the time because it's yeah. one of those common things you see in social media and so somebody's been away for a couple of days or something like somebody's been in a night shift and put grease all over the seat and everything I mean, yeah, I mean generally a mess of a truck those, it's a real bone of contention yeah. you know we do have those problems I mean some of the trucks are double shifted so we do have day and night drivers but with the trampers we do generally try and keep one truck you know one, one driver to one truck it is the home and we respect that mm -hmm. um, you know so it was strict on cleanliness in the cab um, smoking's an absolute no-no um, you know we, we expect them to treat the vehicle like if it is the home and how they'd expect to find it as well so um, we provide all you know all the necessary cleaning equipment that people could possibly want and uh, we, we don't think it's a reasonable task to keep it in a, in a livable state 
if for any reason somebody else does have to drive it. That's a good shout. That have you have you got your own truck bin? Are you just I have not. Yeah, no. yeah, no. yeah. I was going tramping, and mm-hmm. then I went down a couple of nights out a week. So we did have to um, swap my unit around. Uh, and give my unit to a, a full-time driver at the time, but yeah, um, I'm back in my own now. What is it you've got? It's one of the old Scania's. The, the, yeah. the, the, the sort of classic shape, as yeah. you would call it, yeah. Yeah, been half been half off, if mm-hmm. uh, uh, midlift, yeah. yeah. It's on the top line, Harland. Harland. Harland, yeah, on the Harland, so I would stay home truck for mm-hmm. a long time. Um, but the next gens are taking over now. I've been in one of them as well, I, I, do, I like both. I don't mm-hmm. think about mine. Like, some people actually prefer yeah. do actually prefer the old model mm-hmm. of truck. Yeah, I've had yeah. drivers who say, "Can I can I stay on the the RC as well in the next gen?" But um, we, we quite often have to force the random and quickly convert to caravan. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, that, once you've drove one, I yeah. think that's it. Well, that's all we got told. It was all right when I went back in. Yeah, it's a phenomenal bit of kit. Well, the, the, well, you'll be moving up here because the four fifty is on its way out now. It's getting replaced mm-hmm. by four sixty, right, and it'll yeah. be a four sixty R. Now, of course, that comes with the overdrive gearbox on it, uh, which is quite, Have you got any of them yet? No, but we have spec for the, the new uh, No, they're the something the else. Like, it just sets at like a thousand RPM if you're lucky going along in the flat, and it just changes down into 12th so quickly you wouldn't even notice it unless you're watching it on the dash. And there's a lot more torque low down. And uh, it'd be really interesting to see if you get as a fuel result off one of them as well, because the 450 was known for giving strong fuel returns. Yeah, they're very good. Um, excellent. We, we have quite a, a, a scale of uh, fuel economy across the fleet, really. Um, it, it is a real mix. It's not, I don't say we don't look at it, but it's not the most important factor for us. Everything we do is driven by safety. Um, that comes first. So rather than, you know, Pence per mile almost there. Uh, but yeah, Scania claim 8% saving, so let's have a look. We're very mm. interested. I mean, we've got to pay for that new driveline and engine, obviously. It's amazing they can add on a few, a few extra notes when, when they want that. But uh, yeah, looking forward to receiving the first of them. Hopefully, I think we're due around October this year. What about the DAFs will get? They'll be 480s then? Yeah, XFs though, XF480s. Yeah. Uh, we went for the XF rather than the XG uh, based on the DVS 3 star for London. So they are going to be out based down at our Coventry depot uh, for more southern-based work. I would imagine you'll get a good result with them. There's a big difference in the way they behave compared to the old DAF with the yeah. eco-mode setup, which could be quite sluggish. These ones are totally different. Yeah, We've completely re- revised the drivetrain and the behaviour of the trucks. So I'd imagine they'll do, they'll do very well. Because you're right enough, that, the DAF qualifies to go to London after, is it 2025? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2024, sorry. Yeah. 2024, with yeah. no yeah. modifications to it, which not all trucks have. No, exactly. So, yeah, it was a, a big selling point for us that. And, um, yeah, we've, we've only won with one of the older DAF XS, uh, 2015, um, which we didn't think it'd still be on fleet actually at this time. But, uh, the drivers like that. And then we had a demo on one of the last of the old XFs, and the drivers were raving about that. And that's that's what prompted us to uh, mm. move to the new XFs. We got offered one of the first of the new XF models, and then I think DAF had a cancelled order, and another five came available, so we grabbed them because of the supply issues with Scania. No, no, I don't think you'd be, I don't think you'd be, you'd be far off with the mark with them. They'll, they'll do very well. They'll do very well. Uh, and of well, the cab is the cab's massive on them anyway. Mm. Uh, the yeah. XG is enormous, you yeah. know. I mean, it's almost yeah. excessive uh, to the point. I mean, what a superb job they've done re-engineering that. Absolutely, yeah. 
and then you've the XG plus on top of that as well. So, God, not crazy. Yeah. It's an electric bed, mm. which I've never sat tried yeah. before. It doesn't jack you up in that. Yeah, it's Bro- about four to the, I think about three or four thousand pounds the electric bed, so we weren't sure mm. about that. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, it'd be nice if you had it, but no, I wouldn't be paying that for yeah, it. You know? it all, <laughs> Maybe some on drivers, a bit of luxury. That's good. Uh, ah, so in terms of when you're out uh, tramping now and things, where you tend to be. Um, do you know where you're going to be stopping at night and things or can it be you've got a real mix of different places that you're going for deliveries and collections seeing a lot of different parts of the country in, in all fairness I think that's probably a few months down the line where, mm. where I get used to where I'm stopping I'm starting mm. to get a couple of bits where um, I'm here I'm probably going to get sent in here mm. and I've been right on a couple of occasions I've only been doing it a few months so I'm presuming once I've got about six months down the line, I'll, I'll, I'll start to know where I'm stopping. Yeah. But it becomes, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. It's got a map on the yeah. wall here in the UK, and you start to fill in like different bits dotted about as you visit places. And you're like, oh, well, I know that you know I'm, I'm here in Birmingham, and I know it'll take X amount of time to get to you know yeah. Reading or something like that. And it does it, it gradually fills everything. You know, I've been here and I've been there, and it is it, it takes time to accumulate that knowledge. There's no other way to go and do it other than rack up the miles and experience it all and know, know all the you, you start to learn so many different things about different parts of the country like the way people drive in certain areas and, and stuff like stuff like that some of, the, some of the more affluent parts of the country and all that I've got some of the most angry grumpiest mm, people in that you could ever imagine yeah. it's, <laughs> it's why I love it so popular to driving but uh, no, with that we try and support drives as much as possible mm. with like, overnight parking because mm. again safety is key especially these days and you know I've mentioned it a few times there but the, I mean the, the provision for drivers is just not fit for purpose and it's quite shocking and it's one of the other major problems with trying to attract new blood into this industry and um, so we, we'll always pay for parking and we expect the driver you know it's a basic human right to have mm. facilities a shower a toilet mm-hmm. a good meal um, and the, the, those places are few and far between but we do build up this network and we communicate that out there as much as yeah. we can it's, it's, it is difficult because if you start running past like 7 o'clock at night you can struggle to get into Absolutely. places as well and that can be stressful mm. when you're trying to get into a truck stop and there's you know, maybe one space left in the place and if, it's, um, if it's been like that with me I've had that a couple of times they've run around places to try and get me in well, in a secure yard like, yeah. like other yeah. people you've yeah. got a relationship yeah. like that's customers where, and yeah, things yeah. Right? that's where yeah Members of the Transport Association, and that's like a, a self-help group. So a lot of depots with facilities similar to us, and we're trying to build this regional map for sales. Really, you know, it's obviously got the the main HQ here in Berlin, and we've our own depot in Coventry, um, which uh, you know we've, we've got all the facilities there, which recently refurbished, and then our recent acquisition down in South Wales of Eleanor Jones and uh, east of England will be the next focus. Um, and again, moving this idea of tramping up. Drivers not wanting to travel the same. We, we need places where we're able to trunk to within shifts, so all the day drivers based mm-hmm. everywhere and the, the, the trailer exchanges and things like that. So, yeah, I, I remember I spoke to you before some time ago, and you said there was kind of a, a, of a shift with that. that there were yeah, more definitely. operations which involved maybe double shifting and trunking of things as opposed to having yeah, guys trunking quite so much. Play, you know, mm-hmm. work life balance is something mm-hmm. we do try and actively promote here, and um, the idea of leaving. Some people still want to do it, don't get me wrong, but leaving four o'clock on a Monday morning, not returning home until Saturday lunch, it's diminishing, um, mm-hmm. quite understandably. More and more mm-hmm. of the distance drivers want at least one night at, at an hour home, which we will always accommodate. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, the more and more people are wanting to go home, and we totally respect that. So, we have to provide that 
infrastructure really and uh, network out there where we can still um, keep our business going. Yeah, the, the, the drivers like they can come home in the middle of the week and sort of times and that. Yeah, yeah, always, always like, always like that when I was out doing sort of tramping work. If I got the opportunity to get back to the yard, I would go home. Yeah. You know, yeah, so. yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's prices, you know, just going on seat kids or mm. you know changing clothes or whatever, sleeping your own bed. It, it, it's a refresher with things. So yeah, we, mm. we're no issue with that. Yeah, and you said you, you do still get the guys and all that are just desperate to get away. I'll go away on Sunday. They don't want to come back, mm. you know, whatever. Mm. No, that it's like they can't get a good sleep in their own house and that. Yeah. But yeah. they say those guys are getting, you know, those guys are getting a bit rarer these days. It's yeah, still guys. a few, still a few. Yeah. Want to do that? Yeah. Really, but, uh, mm-hmm. One or two, and then they're mm. disappointed when they're home on that yeah. week. It's like in the world. So, <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, no, we'll try to accommodate everybody. Mm-hmm. I was actually I, somebody had contacted me. They worked for like a concrete sort of cement aggregates company, and they were talking about. How, terrible was that you know you haven't allowed kids and cabs anymore mm-hmm. because of a health and safety thing and so why don't you start a campaign about that and I was like well, maybe I don't know not like little kids and everything but I was like there could almost be a case if you get past health and safety to allow like sort of older kids to go out in the cab with trucks to go and like see what it's all about because yeah. they really get a good feel for that people, that's what people get it yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah, really get the buzz for it there yeah, yeah. so many people but so it, it came on now, you know, health and safety. I'm like, well, how many accidents were there yeah. involved with it? I'm actually, I'm contemplating that at the moment, and I'm just, I'm thinking, how could we go about that, you know? Because it takes an element of child, takes up an element of childcare as well in the holidays, you know, for the way in the truck, you know. So just, um, there's that, that aspect to it. Like the guys that do kind of want to run all the time, they, they're guys that have probably been out from a young age and mm. got it really, yeah, really got the bugs yeah. for it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. bleeding diesel, like right? those kind of guys. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you if you get it right, it's a phenomenal creative. You know, you can like mm. Dean says, you can see the world almost, well, the UK. But um, you know, you making your own decisions, your own boss for a lot of the time. Granted, you got to check in every now and again and find what your work is or or whatever. But no, you that... know, your route planning and things and and all all what that entails and managing your own time, making sure you're legal and keeping drivers out of slows. There's a lot to be said for that. There is there's a huge variety of um, opportunities out, out there above and beyond. You know, you're not just a driver. Yeah, you know. yeah, absolutely. Are you going to the, the Road Transport Expo? Yeah, um, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've got the driver's day on the Saturday. I mean, we've got some like talks on the go. I've got Bob Beach there who's okay, talking, yeah. and I'm talking about a bit like getting into like truck journalism and writing because very, very few people do that. And I've got guys, a couple of guys coming in who'd driven in like uh, Australia and Europe and have been explaining how you, you get into that side of things. And uh, a couple of female drivers from the Girl Talk group talking about women getting into driving as well. So that's all looking uh, really positive. And if you think about it, there is such a variety of opportunities in the transport yeah, and things like that. Because I mean, you can get involved in training and things as well. You know, if you're involved working with people all the time, that can be a really rewarding thing as well when you're getting good results from yeah, from that and you're working with kind of, yeah, yeah, working he's, he's worked mm-hmm. the training team now he's running that department so yeah mm-hmm. it shows what you, what you can do because yeah. mm-hmm. training's not always an easy sell to lorry drivers as well some of the times not on there because the default set the default setting is you know to go in the defensive a lot of the times what do I need this for you know but yeah we, we still get that and <laughs> amazing how many of them come out afterwards and, and say do you know what I really enjoy yeah, that actually, yeah. how you approach it you know I, I think a lot of it and, Every day is a school day, most definitely. Mm. So, um, well, it must be really satisfying when you can win some drivers over, you know. They, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do, you, you do get a lot of that. I don't always go, oh, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing And then when you've been with them, they, all right, cheers for that, thanks. You know, I learned something today. 
Yeah. I, but I think it comes, there's a, a kind of, you know, oh, I'm not going to be working. Well, there was a lot of driver CPC stuff came in, and the worst thing was that the CPC company set up, and it was people who didn't know about transport and things who got into it for the money, and they were then sitting in a classroom running through this, is you need to do this, this, and this. And lorry drivers are quite often, they don't like being in a classroom. They were the guys that didn't like being in school. They were sitting staring out the window or like skiving off and things. They went into it. So they're not in the natural environment. Then there are people like saying, you know, like, who's sitting wearing a suit and things like that, clicking through things, telling them what to do. So, you know, if you can like tell the show lorry drivers, you know, you, we are, you know, I'm do, I've done what you're doing, I'm doing what you're doing. You know, you, you quite often you, you get a big change in sort of um, attitude and outlook and stuff like, stuff like that. And you can get some really good results out of it as well. Well, all our trains are, are full of drivers here. Um, we've moved on into the training department. So I think it's that respect thing as well from the drivers. But um, our CPC courses, prior to CPC coming in for drivers, uh, we already had our own in-house training and we'd have a refresher day annually anyway. But um, So all our CPC courses are structured around Fame and Wallet. Um, so it just runs alongside our own procedures and, and everything's just geared about safety like I say you know, I mean, it, that's primarily the key on that so it, it is beneficial so I'm all for driving CPC and providing it's done properly mm-hmm. and I don't think it does anybody any harm to do a, a day refresher course once a year to be honest yeah. the legislation alone's changing that much um, so just keep on top of that but you know it's, it, we pay for it we pay mm-hmm. for the we pay for the day we pay to attend we pay for the submission of the CPC and um, everything across there so um, I don't think it, it's but you gotta it's gotta be engaging and it's gotta be yeah, done the right way and that we think we do do that so um, yeah you've got to get something good out of it yeah because yeah, a lot of the courses that we talk about doing driver's hours again and it's the same thing like year after year it's just ticking boxes to get yeah. get through and that's not any good I, I think driver's CPC has good it's got its faults but there definitely needs to be you know, a regular programme of training for drivers. Because if you go and work in, if you go and work in a, I used to work for plum centre, like Wolseley centres, and in a warehouse, you'd be sent on courses all the time yeah. for dealing with customers or like manual handling and things. And you weren't out driving a truck that was you could potentially, you know, have a massive accident with or something like that. It's worth making people think about safety and things and doing it as a positive yeah. sort of manner as well. Right? security alarm, for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the legislation's changing constantly on that. Drought hours are changing. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm running one tomorrow, and it's the first time running it. We only built it about a month ago. That's, that's low security. Uh, no, the new highway code legislation. Oh, because obviously that's, there's a lot of changes in this. Yeah. There's 50, 50 changes, is it? I think in, in the highway yeah. code alone. So, yeah, obviously we won't go through every single one with them, but we'll make the ones that are relevant to them. Yeah. yeah. So we built a new course there, and we we registered it. So CPC registered a course there for something relevant. Today, so how can that not be useful? But I don't know about that. Yeah. I would have come on that. <laughs> that sounds good. No, it does. I mean, the high, the new highway code changes were scary as well. Mm-hmm. And everybody, the last highway code that they read will be dated the year that you passed your test, probably. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, you know, what's well, the last time I read one properly? It would have been 1997 with my car license and 2010 when I did my trucks. I haven't looked at it since then, and there is. I mean, some of the stuff in there is now pretty scary. For, for drivers you really need to be switched on and know what you're doing because of this transfer of responsibility it's just pretend it's giving people the the, the the go ahead just not care and be irresponsible being safe in the knowledge that no matter what you do they're going to blame the guy in the truck even if you run right into the front of them 
um, yeah, go ahead on with them. You're still going to get the blame potentially as, as a driver, so you need to think about think about that. Um, and you need to know this stuff because it's not an excuse. If you end up in court, you end up speaking to DVSA or police. Like I didn't know. As in, they, they don't like that like at all. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> then it comes back to you're supposed to be a professional driver. And you're like, how can I be a professional driver? I've got nobody to go to the toilet, but you know that's not how it. You know? No, Unfortunately, it's, it's not fair, but that's the way that it goes. Yeah. So, in terms of, I take it you, you'll be well camera up with these trucks as well. Yeah, you yeah. you you registered for DVS. Yes. In London, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, about um, I don't know, what about three quarters of three probably mm. DVS registered now. Um, we do have forward facing and, and internal cameras as well, um, which. Uh, they've been the essential these days, really, just for insurance purposes. But the amount of the amount of um, situations where they've been such a, a benefit in regarding incident investigation, I don't know what is. You know, you cannot not have them now. We feel. Yeah, there is. I, I've seen it as well. Where people have been going to. There was a lot of it with COVID where people parked up and being at home and things. And you probably see it doing like deliveries in the ridges and things like that. When you're going into urban areas and people, all the cars are parked up because people were at home and you get cars getting damaged and they phone up, your truck damaged yeah. my car. Yeah. No, it didn't. Mm. Oh, well, I saw your truck in my street and it's got yeah. a scrape down. Your truck did it. No, yeah. it didn't. Oh, well, I'm saying that we're going, all right, well, we'll just go and check our cameras in. And people were, that, there was so much of that. People were just like, oh, I'm at it. They're thinking, you know, I'm just going yeah, just play. I'm just going to see what I can get. Yeah. See what I can get. Go away with it. Yeah, so there was nothing of the sort, and you scraped it yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> what, what's your plans for the rest of the week, Dean? Are you going back out on the road? I've already been told, and I got told prior that I'm out tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to that. And then, Good stuff. And then after that, it's pretty much just in regular yards, isn't it? I'll find out what I'm doing. Yeah. But again, I'll probably know where I am tomorrow. I'll probably have an idea where I might be. If I am somewhere collecting, yeah, it's. I mean, on that, it's another thing with mm. you know, like we say, you don't know what you're doing from one day to the mm. next, really. As much as we try to mm. pre plan and Dean, Dean's there, we're told him already that's away tomorrow night. Mm. We do try and give as much information like that as we can, but it's not always possible. Things change quite rapidly in transporters, yeah, it does, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, it does all the time. Yeah, there is always that element to excitement though when you get your paperwork for your document, you look and see where you're going, and it's like 250 miles away, and it's somewhere where you've not been. Mm. And you're like, yeah, it's just but most of the days taken up with driving or something. You're like, yes, get in. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What time you start in the morning? Don't you? Six o'clock today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing. That's the thing with our text a lot of the time as well. You can get some interesting times and all that. We've been a twenty-four seven sort of busy nature of the business. Eh? No, no, that's eh, great. Thank you very much for your time, guys, um, and thanks again for doing the photo shoot as well. This is a uh, you'll see this truck in Truck and Driver in just over five weeks' time. It's going to come out. We've got a new issue out on Friday. Uh, and it's such a cool little uh, unu- unusual vehicle. It really is like a mini lorry. It's a great idea to get people out and uh, get them a feel and an experience for it that you would not get from driving any type of, sort of transit or sprinter or anything like that. Cool. Well, right. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. 
Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk. Listener.